What's up and welcome to Why Are You a Gamer? I'm your host Jamar and this show is my chance to get to know the gaming community one-on-one. Each and every Monday a new episode goes live as I simply try to discover why do we play video games. Now you can of course find this show and other Media Junkie podcasts on your platform of choice but be sure to check out some of our great shows there. Like if you're a fan of wrestling the Gimmick Minute podcast is the show for you. Or, if you're into a very opinionated nerds fighting over the internet, well, you might want to check out the Fanboy Fight Club. Either way, don't forget, if you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating if you think we earned it. And if you don't think we earned it, then let us know what we did wrong in the comments. Now, with that being said, enjoy the show. This week's gamer has been making YouTubes for like 10 years. And I know this because I actually came across a review some long time ago of Uncharted Drake Fortune. I don't know if he, re- he remembers this video, but uh, until I asked him to come on the show, I started doing a little bit of research on him as well. And turns out it's the same guy. <laughs> so my mind was actually pretty blown, uh, but I'm happy and appreciated that he decided to come on the show. So with no more talking needed, welcome, Neo. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, bro? And the fact that you mentioned that Uncharted <laughs> review... Bro, that was legit one of my very first reviews I did on YouTube, and you just got me all nostalgic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> it, it's so crazy because I mean, I I think um I can't remember someone like retweeted a tweet of yours, and I was like, oh, this dude's funny, and so I started following you and whatnot, and then I you know I was like, all right, I'm gonna ask you if he wants to come on the show. He seems like a cool guy, great gamer, all that good stuff. And then while I was looking, I was like, let me see some of the stuff that you have on here. And I started watching a few of your videos, which there's one I just watched recently that we we probably will get into on this first question. But, um, yeah, so it like does this algorithm or whatnot. And it popped up this Uncharted. I'm like, start watching it. And like literally a minute in, I was like, wait a minute. I saw this a long time ago. This is the same dude. That's so crazy. Like. That blew my mind. So. <laughs> it's crazy. You legit get a blast from the past. You see one of the newer videos and, hey, yeah, let's show you this one from when he was literally a fetus on YouTube. <laughs> it does like to do that. Bring up some of your old stuff. But it's kind of dope, though. Like, you had a lot of growth and everything, like, just from the beginning to where you're at now. So, congratulations, man. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, for people who have no clue, because I just said your name, but they probably know you as a little bit longer form of your name. So how about you just introduce yourself and tell the world who you are? Yeah, of course. So first things first, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Neo GameSpark. Uh, y'all can just call me Neo. Um, I don't really like to classify myself as a particular kind of YouTuber. Some people say I'm a gamer. Some people say I'm an anime manga viewer. Some people say I'm just like a, a Blu-ray collector, things like that. So I just call myself a YouTuber. Um, I've been doing YouTube videos for going on 12 years now, which is absolutely insane because that's almost half of my life, if y'all can believe that. <laughs> I started doing YouTube videos when I was high school. I was bored, didn't have much to do after I did homework, and I was just like, I want to get on camera and talk about stuff. So that's what I did, and eventually I started to um, meet a lot of people, and I kept doing videos because they liked watching what I was doing. I made a lot of friends through it, and literally that's how it's been going on 12 years, man. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy when you think about it. Go, we're almost in 2021 now, and just it's not stopping. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I saw – I mean, 
we don't have to go into it because this is you know supposed to be why you're a gamer but yeah i think now that i think about it one of your tweets was something about anime and i was like okay I, I I mess with this guy, so that's what <laughs> you got that's to. what it was. <laughs> you got to. It's 2020. If y'all ain't watching anime of some type, something's wrong. <laughs> you messing up. You messing up. <laughs> but uh, so what I alluded to earlier is one of your recent videos, and I'm just ready to start get like get right into it, so we can figure out like what type of gamer you are. And the first question typically is a fun one, and I think this specifically will be fun, just because like I said, your your most recent video. So. What is your current platform of choice? Oh, this is a, this is a great question. So to give you all some context on things, I recently did a video where I was uh, giving my impressions on the Xbox One X because I picked one up. And I was saying a lot of um, really surprising things that a lot of people, I guess, didn't expect from me considering... You know, I'm primarily a PlayStation Nintendo gamer, and here I am getting this Xbox. So <laughs> if I had to say, like, what's my primary platform, um, it, honestly, it kind of changes with my life. So up until the end of 2017, I was PS4 primary. That was the system I played everything on, and I had a lot of fun with it. And then I got a Nintendo Switch, and I started to really appreciate a lot of the benefits with that, the library, and just the fact that I can actually take these um, console quality games with me on the go, it changed my entire perspective on gaming. No longer would I just have to wait until I got home. If I had any free time uh, at work, I can continue playing those games and I guess the fun never stopped. <laughs> and here recently, you know, I got an Xbox and it's not necessarily that it shifted my mindset on things. It's just I have a lot more enjoyment now with the Xbox from a, uh, a console side of things. Uh, I'm not really going to get into like the specifics, but my PlayStation 4, for whatever reason, is a, uh, how do I say it? It's like a Boeing 737. <laughs> we uh, all know exactly yeah. what you mean, man. <laughs> so when you turn it on, it's straight up like, oh, this is the uh, captain speaking. Welcome aboard <laughs> Flight 227. And it's, uh, it's, it's just very loud, and it kind of takes you out of the experience. And I, I wasn't a fan of that. So with the Xbox, it just gives me peace of sound, peace of mind being able to play the games and not have to worry about that. So that's kind of been the reason why Xbox has been my primary platform for the past couple of weeks. That's it's funny. I just I tease at it because I, I kind of feel like I've had like the same arc as you. I mean, people who listen to the show, I am sort of a Sony fanboy, but that's just just purely nostalgia, like growing up with like the PlayStation 1, 2, 3 and so forth, whatever. Um, but I have had that same curve. Like I got the One X and I was like, oh, my God, I actually remember telling my wife like, I think I love my Xbox, and I actually really <laughs> prefer the Xbox controller yes. over the DualShock, which is so weird because I've been so accustomed to that. But um, now I, I have a PC, and now my, my Xbox is kind of like, all right, but I kept the Xbox controller, and that's the preference that I use on my PC. But yeah, I had that same thought, though, like, am I going to be an Xbox fan? Because of Game Pass, and like, I mean, it just, the UI feels cool, although a little clutter, but mm -hmm. just feels cooler i don't know <laughs> oh i understand that completely i mean at first i thought it was a case of uh the new shiny toy syndrome like you oh, get yeah. something and it's like oh this is so amazing and then two weeks it fades off and you're like uh it's really not that great but yeah honestly <laughs> oh oh man we're becoming a pro xbox podcast up in here um there there are just a lot of things that i do like on xbox i i prefer as opposed to playstation uh the controller is one of them it's very comfortable especially you know, let's just be real about life for a second. A lot of us do have 
above average size hands. And it's yeah. not that the PS4 controller is tiny, but it's just the Xbox feels more roomy. So yeah. that's kind of like I gravitate towards that. And Game Pass is just amazing. You know, just the Netflix of video games, being able to download all AAA games. It's it's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's great. So what's 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 your thought with you know next gen i mean we just had like the amazing playstation 5 reveal event are you is is this kind of creating turmoil in your head or you're like i'm getting playstation 5 or do you not have enough evidence yet to make that choice oh i'm getting playstation 5 there's no if ands or buts about it and i always tell this to people when has sony ever disappointed in a console generation that's true. That's true. I mean, but, a lot of people will point to the PlayStation 3, but I was not disappointed throughout that. The whole life. Entirety life. Launch? Okay. But the whole life of the PlayStation 3, I was not disappointed. Right. With the PlayStation 3, if you look at it, the first three years, very rough. But once that Uncharted 2 dropped, like, come on. Come on. <laughs> no questions asked. Like, it wasn't even a debate. So, yeah. PlayStation in general is just a, a, a sure bet when it comes to buying game consoles like if you buy a playstation system you're going to get the vast majority of the games you're going to get the uh, high quality exclusives so for me it's never a case of oh playstation needs to show me more before i buy it i already know i'm going to get a playstation system because right now it's four for four as far as quality you know (laughs) so it's just and and this past generation geez all the games they've put out it's like why would you have any doubts about next generation but um, at this event, I did like a lot from what I saw. Um, they're just maintaining the status quo uh, in terms of feedback. They have listened to a lot of people, and uh, at least from what we're seeing, you know, uh, a controller has a better battery life, ventilation on the system. Hopefully, fingers crossed. No jets. No jets. <laughs> no jets. I mean, I might have to park my old PS4 at JFK. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, it's just Sony has always been at the forefront, and even if they don't hit 10 out of 10, they're at they're batting nine out of ten, so it's just for me. It's yeah. it's a it's a surefire bet. Um, Microsoft, on the other hand, is where it's kind of spooky because this generation. I mean, it should be no surprise to anyone. It, it has been kind of rough. They've definitely um, made a lot of good strides into fixing things, but that's because they started off in such a bad situation that you kind of had to if you wanted to salvage things. So. I'm 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 always an optimist, you know. Like if I was younger, like 14 years old, 15, when we all like to play the console war games. Oh yeah. You know, like I would be like, oh, you know, screw this, screw that. But as you get older, especially when you get settled down in life and you start having uh, disposable income, it, it it doesn't become a case of fanboyism. It's just a case of is that $500 really going to net me enjoyment long-term? So if Xbox brings out the games that are great, oh, I'll be there to support the system. But as it stands right now, it's just looking like it's going to be a great place to play games, not a, not a console that has great games. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good way to put that. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I I try. It took me like off camera about 50 tries. It's like, it's a great place. (laughs) No, I got it wrong. It's a great place. Ah, There we go. There we go. Uh, well it definitely came out great so like since we're talking about games like i always like to get an idea of like that the go-to game for you or the go-to like genre like i'll give you just a small example open world like third person action games whether it's like looters like division or something like spider-man those are like my games if that has any kind of idea or concept of a new game is like that i'm getting it so is there something like that for you 
Well, the funny thing is, um, my favorite genre of games is actually what's uh, the most detrimental to me because I love playing RPGs, and RPGs are, as I'm sure you know, notorious mm -hmm. for their length. <laughs> and it, when you have a lot of these games that you want to play, it's just you got to focus on them one at a time. Like recently, um, because of this uh, quarantine pandemic, I've had a lot more time to play games. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to clear a lot of the games in my backlog. All right, what do I have to play? Oh, 80-hour RPG, 80-hour RPG. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go with this JRPG. Oh, it's like 50 hours. <laughs> so it's, it's my favorite genre because I love getting engrossed in these worlds and... Um, leveling up characters and what we've seen in a lot of RPGs nowadays, uh, crafting relationships with your 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 side characters and and building all of that. Um, that's my favorite genre and that's what I tend to gravitate towards. So when I see a, an RPG that has a lot of those really cool features, um, I get excited as a gamer. So that's something that I, I tend to gravitate towards and I get a little interested in. But at the same time, you know, it kind of comes down to what I'm feeling. So for every really good uh, JRPG I like playing, every now and then, you know, I like something different, such as, um, well, <laughs> they're not really around anymore, but when Telltale was putting out the uh, interactive oh, yeah. experiences, I would just sit down and play an episode or two of uh, The Walking Dead or The Wolf Among Us, and that would be really good for me. So my taste, even though I have preferences, it's just all over the place and what I'm feeling at the moment. Because, you know, if you play too much in one genre, you eventually get burnt out. That's true. That is really true. I found myself like being, I mean, actually, I th part of it could be this podcast has replaced me doing Rogue Agents, which is a Division 2 podcast. But I definitely found myself like being burnt out on that style of game. And now I'm actually playing hundreds of hours in the Call of Duty, which I, again, most people have heard this every show. They know I keep saying this, but I was not the Call of Duty person. And now all of a sudden I find myself playing too much of it that's so it is, interesting it's weird. that's <laughs> like, really interesting i'm going to turn the tables on to interviewing you what prompted that because as i'm sure you've seen <laughs> call of duty i mean i'm not going to say that it's 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 been on the decline but yeah um the majority of people who got into call of duty used to put like hundreds of thousands of hours into it that was really when modern warfare 2 started and as it elevated with black ups and the subsequent installments so how does someone who went from playing a lot of the division uh, transition like into Call of Duty, which they're, they're very different games. Uh, a thousand percent different. Um, honestly, a lot of it probably has to do with just like friendship. So like the group of like core group of friends that I have, we play Call of Duty. That's kind of like our thing. Um, but honestly, it was just the the way the most recent Modern, Modern Warfare, like the demo or I guess it was like the demo or the trailer. When you when I saw that gameplay and actually what pulled me in was the story and it being like one of the writers from Naughty Dog was working on the game and all that stuff. I'm like, OK, I think I'm going to try a Call of Duty game like I'm going to actually buy one and play it. Wow, and so then you never. So you've never no, played any of the Call of no, Duty. No, I have wow. no touchstones. I picked up a few like um, I can't remember one with uh, the one dude who's canceled now. Um, oh, the oh, actor that about, was in um, it. Advanced, uh, advanced warfare. Advanced, yeah, advanced warfare. I played like a little bit of the story on that, but that was like a red box pickup. I didn't like yeah. actually invest any money into it, and you probably spent more time installing it than playing it. <laughs> true, true. But uh, yeah, I, this one just hit, and I don't know if it's just timing, um, you know, with like quarantine and stuff like that. But even still, I was playing it like back in November when it came out. So honestly, I have no clue how it. I don't even know how that connection happened, but like. 
Division two kind of got pushed to the side, which I feel bad. So RIP, is it the, Rogue Agents. Is it, is it the uh, oh, I just threw the whole <laughs> podcast under the bus right there. <laughs> no. RIP, any future listeners, maybe Division three, who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll <But> be back. <laughs> was it was it the, the competitive multiplayer or was it one of the yeah. newer modes that they have? Okay. It's mostly just like the, the multiplayer is really what it is. I mean, I, I, I dabble in like Warzone. But I just like the competitiveness. Um, I'm, again, like I told you, third-person action open-world game. Basically, it's just a -a Mm collect-a-thon. So you have, like, this weapon system where you get, like, camos and unlock gold weapons or weapon skins and all that. So it's basically just a -a collect-a-thon playing multiplayer. So I think I got addicted to that. I don't know. (laughs) That might be a lot of it. I stopped playing. I mean, I was never competitive with it, but I kind of phased out around... Uh, the Black Ops days. So I guess when Black Ops 1 came out is when I really stopped playing. So that was, damn, 10 years ago. Um, and I dabbled here and there, like, whenever I bought one. Because the only ones I really picked up were... Well, honestly, I think the only Call of Duty I bought this generation was Black Ops 3. And that's mainly for the um, the zombies mode. Uh, and I did play a little bit of the online. But you're talking about, like, collect-a-thons and everything. This is, this is all foreign to me. I didn't know they included <laughs> that in there. Like, yeah, I thought it was just, just like, unlock... Like, you go prestige. And yeah, then we'll you see. And that... You're right, though. That you're right, because they what it was though is they they removed the prestige system in this apparently, which I I don't really understand knew too much about the prestige. But I, I feel like I think it was you level all the way up and then you restart and you have to yeah. do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So now what they do is you have the camels for the guns, which I don't know if this was a thing before, but you do specific challenges and you unlock all the skins, then you get yes. gold, and then you do the same for all the weapons in the class. You get platinum, yeah. and you do it for all of them. You get Damascus. So that, to me, is like what really draws me back into playing the game. And honestly, I mean, I don't know if I want to admit this. I guess my wife already knows this. But as I've well, bought, man. Just put, I've put basically paid 20 bucks for each battle pass, and we're on like the fifth one now. So I've put, I mean, I guess you look back, that's like $100 into this game. And again totally not a call of duty person like i'm not your oh man gotta get call of duty i never played it and it's just so weird i don't know that's 2020 really, that's 2019 really 2020 changed man. me that's <laughs> insane because I, i've never really heard stories about that because nowadays especially if you run with circles in gaming everyone it's like whenever they do a a, a, a conference and they show call of duty every it's like a oh yeah team it's like collective <laughs> team so i like man we don't need to see this but i was that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you have somebody like you who just randomly gets into it and you get invested to the point where you buy the game and you buy all the battle passes, that's that's insane. That's one thing I do love about just this this medium that we're in where everybody thinks that what they're saying is the collective majority, but you just yeah. literally never know what a trailer can do for a certain person. And if they right. just get this mood and it'll hit, like, wow. Because you didn't think you'd be playing Call of Duty, especially hundreds never. of hours and $100 later. Right. <laughs> don't yeah. say hundred dollars, man. Don't don't, remember. Yeah, don't 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 put it you know what? Hey, the first step into admitting you got a problem is to just That's admit true. it. Put That's it on true. the table. <laughs> I do have a problem. I do have a problem. But I, it's a it's a really fun problem to have. And and you know, playing the game, we get like a group of people together, like our buddies, and we just play for I don't know, two, three hours, and we just go at it. And that's, that's just kind of like a you know, gaming session for her. That's the best part. And you know what? Like, I know a lot of people, they view it as a problem. I don't view it as a problem because you're having <laughs> fun. You're enjoying yourself. And it, it, so far as you don't, like, um, give up your firstborn child as a sacrifice, <laughs> you ain't got to explain anything to me, man. You, you're cool in my book. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, luckily, we haven't had any movies or any other way to spend it, money on entertainment. So this True. has definitely helped out. <laughs> so for you since we you know we've put 
I, I've joined a circle of trust here, and I've relieved my issues. <laughs> I'll go. ask there you, you though. Um, I always like to go into like an average gaming session for you, and it's been interesting because I've had a lot of streamers on, so that mm-hmm. kind of changes a little bit of your gaming session. But um, how would you do? Because I, I mean, you play in JRPGs. It's either got to be chipping away a little bit or just diving in for hours. Oh, so when it comes down to it, again, like I mentioned earlier, my whole, the way I play games has changed a lot. And honestly, it depends on my mood because there would be some periods where I just turn on a game and I think like, yeah, I'm going to get farther in. I can't even get 10 minutes. Like for, for whatever reason, like I start up a game, I forget what I was doing at the time. I get pissed off. I put on Netflix or a random YouTube video. But then there's other situations where I literally have one of those classic, you know, you start the game, one hour goes by, and then you look at the clock, and then it's like 5 a.m. You're just like, <laughs> what the hell happened? So for me, um, I've gotten, like, just in general, the past couple of years, I haven't really had a lot of those sessions. Because, you know, the older we get, uh, when oh, we yeah. take on more responsibilities, you know, marriage and careers and, and just everything else you would do. My gaming sessions were usually just, if I was lucky, I would play probably maybe maybe two hours a night if I was lucky. And because a lot of people say that, oh, it's not a lot of time. But when you have a lot of stuff going on and you have YouTube and, you know, you 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 work out and everything, two hours for me is if I can find two hours in a day to game, I'm great. And on my off days, you know, depending on things, I'll probably spend more time gaming. But um, since we're in this uh, quarantine lockdown, um, I've been gaming a lot more. I don't necessarily try to go past the three hour mark with gaming uh, mm-hmm. just because I like for my own mental state, uh, I like to just cleanse myself and turn off the game and just do something else, you know, just get up, shake, shake my feet, shake my, well, not really my feet. It's not like my feet were doing anything, but you know, just <laughs> shake my hands yeah. loose and then have fun. Um, but that's ideally what I do. But listen, you know how it is. There's just some times where you're having a lot of fun and you just don't even worry about the time that's spent. So, uh, right now it's just, if I have a game that's really engrossing and fun, I, I just might play it until I get tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, i Outside of like my my Avengers with Call of Duty, um, I just picked up Persona Five for oh, like see, I eight knew I, See, I'm so glad I did this podcast because <laughs> I knew I liked you. I knew I liked this. Man. Everyone gives this man a round of applause. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not like super super far, but what I've been finding like helpful is the way it goes days, like you know how it breaks up the game in a sense. So I like to play it for a while until I kind of complete everything that I'm looking for and like forward to in that day. And then I kind of like take that as like a break, breaking point. But it's been, you know, obviously sometimes where I play a little bit longer than that. But I'm mm-hmm. so, trying to play it a little bit slower. I know I'm sure I'm going to get eventually like to hooked on it. But I'm in like maybe first five, six hour range. You know what I mean? It's in the game. But I love games like that because earlier this year I played like Animal Crossing. And that was another game. Never played before. Just picked it up on the Switch because I love my Switch. And I love the daily aspect of that because it gives you a way of like okay, walking away and not feeling like you're missing out on something. So it's a beautiful cool. feeling, man. I, and that's one thing, one reason why I do love Animal Crossing because it. I know a lot of people, as you've seen with the lockdown, people have just gone crazy with their with their town designs. For oh, me, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily play Animal Crossing like that. I make it sort of a daily grind where I go. And like an MMO, I just get on there. I do what I got to do. You know, I shake my trees. I yeah. um, sell whatever I got to do, visit an island, get the resources, and then that's it so for me an average animal crossing session could maybe be an hour a day yeah um, that's depending what... depending on what i got going on but 
it, with the case of Persona, uh, that's one thing I do love. And this generation in particular, because it's come out on PS4, so many people have gotten a chance to play it. Um, I just love that day system because it, it really reminds you of a lot of the stuff happening outside in the real world. Like, okay, you have a limited amount of time to do certain things. You got to prioritize what you do. But yeah. you're only a few hours in, so I ain't going to spoil much. But, <laughs> yeah, it just it's it's a long game. I'm sure you know that. Oh, yeah. That's why I've been taking it as chunk, you know, taking it in chunks. I'm also it's just I'm trying to play so many things at once. So that popped up for like eight bucks. I'm like, I have to start this game like I can't because I, I missed out on um, Golden on the Vita, which is like, you know, one of my biggest shames as like a, a PlayStation fanboy. So like I'm like, I got it. I got to do it. I got to do it. So I'm going to get through it. There you go. That's good. And just like I tell everybody. There, and you know what the funny thing is, if you notice in the game, there is a um, a loading screen that says "Take your time." That's the best thing I could say to any person playing a Persona game: Take your time, enjoy the experience. Because once it's over, you're gonna wish that you could <laughs> play the game for the first time again. That's how it is. When you have a great game, you wish you can play it over again, like you've never experienced it. And that's that's what I can recommend to you, man. Just enjoy it, enjoy the ride. Oh, I definitely am. I'm down for it for sure. <laughs> so. You mentioned a little bit ago, like, when you answered the question as far as gaming sessions, that, like, sometimes career, responsibility, life, stuff like that gets in the way. Has that, like, ever taken you away from gaming for a long time? And, like, if so, like, how long have you taken a break from gaming, as I say? Well, I've never actually taken a full break from gaming because, as you know, um, I do have the Switch. So the Switch, in the period right. of time where I can't get gaming per se, um, I have the opportunity to play something so like for example at work um, i do get a lot of downtime when i'm not working on assignments and that time is our own so we're able to just do whatever some people um they play dominoes some people watch netflix i just have my switch and i play the game and i'm not the only one there because there's a ton of people who bring switches and they do like mario kart <laughs> it's tournaments beautiful. it's it's yes it's <laughs> so beautiful. awesome i love it <laughs> like every saturday morning we're at the job everyone's doing something because Saturdays are considered like a light day for us. So mm -hmm. um, we just do that and we have a lot of fun. Um, but last year in particular was probably the least amount of time that I spent playing my PlayStation 4 because um, I had picked up a second job, you know, to just um, save a lot of extra money. And it, originally it was to save money to go on um, a lot of trips in 2020. And yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happened there. <laughs> Um, so last year I was just doing a lot of, um, overtime and things like that. So I didn't really game too much on my PlayStation four. So, I mean, there were a couple of games that I did play, but more often than not, I was just playing my switch. I would play it at work. And then when I'm at home, I'll just continue what I was doing. And, you know, honestly, I did kind of miss, uh, the PlayStation four cause not everything was on the switch. Um, yeah. but now because of this situation, this past three months has been really good because it kind of, I don't want to say it um, reignited the fire within me, but it just it made it just reminded me that hey, you know, if you want to play something, you're gonna make the time to play it. That's true. That's true. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know that out. <laughs> <laughs> so then, this is actually perfect segue. It's almost as if you like somehow saw the questions before the show. No, um, I, I'm, I'm no. people. People have said I'm kind of smart, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just so. Um, then has this quarantine been like a helpful thing for your backlog or you still have games on there that you're just like being real and honest with yourself like i probably won't make it to it because you know we're wrapping up this console generation here there's got to be some things that you're just like man i ain't gonna do it 
Oh, yeah. So here's I had a whole type of um, paradigm shift in thinking when it came to the backlog. Uh, if you look at your backlog as every single game that you own in your collection, you are never going to complete that. <laughs> Save you, I guess, having a console. And this is your very first console and you only buy games when you complete the last one. It's never going to happen. So for me, I stopped looking at it like that and I started prioritizing the games that I really wanted to play. So during this back, uh, this uh, quarantine, I have made progress on my backlog. Not as much considering, like I said, a lot of the games I play are RPGs and sometimes that's just too much of a grind. But oh, yeah. what I focused on completing are honestly a lot of those 8 to 10 hour experiences that it's so funny. Um, for some of y'all, your viewers who might not know... Uh, for the longest time, there was like this stigma in the gaming industry where if you had a game and its storyline was anywhere from six to ten hours, basically if it was less than 20 hours, it wasn't worth the full price admission. <laughs> and it's so funny because nowadays I'm seeing a lot of people like literally from the start of generation in 2013 to now in 2020. A lot of people are saying, you know what? I'm so glad for these six to ten hour games. <laughs> I can't true. be, I can't be playing like everything. Cause uh, like, let's take Assassin's Creed Odyssey for example. That game, like, there are people who haven't even 100 percent of it, and they have like 70, 80, 100 hours of progress. <laughs> so for me, I'm just like, okay, um, I can play that one game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, as my ongoing game, where I put time into it. But sprinkled in between, I'll have a lot of those smaller, like, 10-hour experiences. Like, for example, Devil May Cry 5. Fantastic game. The game is only, like, 11 hours long, you know? But yeah. that's okay because the point of Devil May Cry is to play it multiple times to um, get better rankings and scores attached to it. So, for me, this quarantine has been all about those, like, 6- to 10-hour games, man. That's a that's a beautiful thing. It's also funny as heck, though, because, I, I mean, reviews used to come out and be like, Oh, the gameplay was great. The story was okay, but it was only like six hours long. It seems so short. And now you're like, please, can you give me a game that's not thirty hours? When I see, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to attack anybody in particular. But when I see an Ubisoft game come out that's open world, I just avoid it. <laughs> I avoid it like the plague. I, like I know what y'all are doing. You're making this big for the sake of being big. Yeah. To have all these radio towers to climb, and I, I ain't with it. I'm on to you, Ubisoft. I see it. All right, so we'll just call it out. You're talking about Far Cry. So, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> the Far Cry effect. And, and that's a, a weird thing, though, because, like I said, that open world, like, thing, that's that sort of gets me, like, excited. But I, I don't know if it's just more so recently. Like, the last one, oh, I didn't even play, like, the second or DLC or whatnot. Uh, but Far Cry 5 was one of those things of, like, I was trying to do everything, and I initially started and being enjoyed, and then after probably about, I don't know, like maybe 10 hours or 15 hours of doing it, I was like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this. So I just rushed through to finish the story, and then I put it down, and I was like, peace. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to these open worlds, because everyone's trying to do it. Everyone's trying to create an open world. Yeah. You've got to have something there to keep people going. Like, for example, um, since you mentioned earlier, the Spider-Man game on PS4, it doesn't do anything different in terms of reinventing the concept of an open world. But the game itself is so fun. The combat is so fluid. And the fact that they've really the attention to detail into crafting a Spider-Man game, it makes you want to go and collect all of the collectibles and do some of the crime missions and everything there. So for me, I have no problem playing playing another Spider-Man open world game. 
uh, which I just I gotta shout this out because oh, yeah. all the representation out there, Spider Man Miles Morales for PS5 <laughs> coming this holiday. Let's go! <laughs> definitely um, a hype moment. Hype moment. Definitely. So for me, I have no problem playing those kind of games because they make it fun. But when I just see another generic run of the wh- run of the mill, like oh, we gotta go climb this to access that area, I just I, I, I'm sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. You definitely have to take a balance, and I think Ubisoft. They said there was, I could be making this up in my head, but I do remember them saying something maybe sometime last year uh, after like Odyssey, or no, I think it was recently about like making the games too bloated and they kind of were aware of that. So the next Assassin's Creed, which I know I'm signing up for probably a disappointment, but I'm super, super hyped for it (laughs) because of that, because if it can condense it, but still give me everything I want out of it, I'll take it. But, Definitely, and you're not making that up. You're not. They actually yeah, I did think it, come out, and okay. they said um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which launches this fall, is going to be a more streamlined experience in the sense that there was maybe a little bit of too much bloat with Odyssey, which is the yeah. last one. Which is not to say that it was bad. I know people like love it, but yeah, I just want to be able to get my taste and then be a little bit out. But like to go with what you said, like Spider Man. The collectibles and things, I was ex- actually excited to see. Like, what did I get? What did I get? And kind of mm-hmm. get a little bit more story. Whereas most of these games are just kind of like, oh, cool, a keychain. Like, has no yeah. story co- connection at all. But uh, that's how it does. <laughs> well, you can look at it. You can, like, do a 3D rendering <laughs> yeah, with the control stick rend- of this. Uh, <laughs> new, I, that's, that's one thing I don't understand. And uh, Ubisoft is just so guilty of this. They always, like, they always hype this stuff up. Like, I remember when the first Watch Dogs came out, they were saying, oh, Pre-order Watchdogs, you can get like Aiden Pierce's iconic baseball cap. We don't even know who Aiden Pierce is. Why yeah, y'all having this I don't up? Even know him. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, this this one here is not really like a follow-up question or anything like that. I I just kind of like to get. Actually, this question to personally has been like great because I've found so many games just from doing this podcast that people have like mentioned. Um, so it's like helpful for me because it's like weird stuff. So I split the question into kind of two parts in a sense because I realized before I always have to explain this, but I realized before I was asking like, what video game did you do you love that you're ashamed of? And I guess that's a little bit harsh because you shouldn't be ashamed of anything you love. But the idea is with something that you like, you can't believe. Like for me, it would be Call of Duty that you can't believe that you just love, even though like. It's not like not your thing, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I if don't, there's one, <laughs> I don't really have too many of the uh, the modern games where I'm ashamed to play it. I mean, I've played some uh, controversial games that really divide the communities. Like for example, um, Xenoblade Chronicles Two had a lot of controversy when it came out. It's a Switch exclusive RPG, and a lot of people just weren't feeling um, how much time you had to invest for the game to not only get good, but mm-hmm. also the battle system. If you look at it on paper, it looks extremely convoluted, but the game itself, if you can give it time, you know, it's it's really a lot of fun and deep and in-depth, and it has one of the, the craziest battle systems if you are willing to give it time. But again, I'm not really going to fault somebody for not wanting to invest a lot of that time in there because, like, we're all grown-ass people here, so... You know, I can't tell someone, oh, invest X amount of time for something yeah. to get good when they could play something that's already good from the rip. So I would say Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a game that kind of uh, splits people down the middle. I do have a game from my childhood that I don't know if you've ever had this before, but um, a game that I used to love playing when I was a kid was Donkey Kong 64. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> I loved playing that game so much, just switching between all the the playable Kongs. And when I finally got on the internet in the uh, <laughs> mid to late 2000s, I saw a lot of people trashing the game and hating on it, saying, yo, this game is terrible, and why is it that you can't collect these bananas, you have to be this Kong? And I was just sitting there like, I thought everybody liked this game as much <laughs> as me. So it was like a weird eye-opening experience that every, the game that I actually really loved, people hated. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. Like, I, I never really thought about that from that era because i mean obviously being old enough to play like video games before like the internet like childhood games that you just assume that everyone loved because you loved it because diddy Kong or diddy Kong racing comes to my mind and i thought this was just like you know hands down the best racing game of all time and then people were like what who played that or like (laughs) that's the worst feeling when you say when you say like Yo, y'all don't know nothing about that Diddy Kong Racing. They're like, yeah, we don't. I'm like, oh, snap, y'all killing me here. Man, that was, like, all-time, like, favorite kart racing game on, like, you know, 64. And I guess the obvious one would have been Mario Kart. But, no. But, yeah, that's that's just kind of interesting. You're like, yeah, this is the best game ever. And the internet comes in and everyone lets you know that you're wrong. You're like, okay, that's cool. Yo, it's like, because I liked a lot of games that came out that everybody loved. You know, everyone loves Ocarina of Time. Everybody loves you know resident evil 2 and then people come out there and you like you list all the other games they're just like no no you should get that to yourself homie <laughs> you're like oh okay all right well i'll keep that on my i keep that to myself that's cool yep. <laughs> now so the flip side of this question is there anything that you like are ashamed that you never played like you're just like man don't judge me i just have not gotten into this this game or this series mm. hmm I'm trying to think um honestly part i mean i can't really fault myself because i i really wasn't alive when they came out but mm-hmm. a lot of the really old school rpgs um so things like Baldur's gate okay. uh, like a lot of like the, the the pillars of the rpg genre i never really got into them and i know they've re-released them uh recently like Baldur's gate neverwinter's nights things like that um i know a lot of people also haven't played it because you have to run into folks who are um older who have you know people yeah. who are you know like um you know cl- like closer to their 40s and and and, li- and the like um so i don't really feel that out of place because a lot of people i know who are in their like mid to late 20s they're like yeah you know i didn't really play that but those type of games i kind of wish i had gotten into more just to um appreciate where we've come in the genre and the medium because whenever i would talk about a game and i say like yeah this feature is really awesome i always get that one comment from someone saying <laughs> uh actually they did this in this game back in 1992 <laughs> i was like well thank you for that we're in 2020 but all right <laughs> so those kind of games in addition to some of like again the the classic staples that people um recommend like yo these are like some of the best games I just can't go back to them because for me, they're just a bit too dated. And I know, you know, you shouldn't look at games like that. But on yeah. some level, like, I, I can't recommend someone in their good conscience go play the original Resident Evil. It just it, right, d- right. It does not hold up that well. But I can recommend somebody play Resident Evil 2 Remake because it does. Absolutely. That's perfectly put. I had someone on before we were talking about this. And I, I mentioned Half-Life. Like, the orange box was kind of like a thing when mm-hmm. i was playing games but it just i don't know like not, it didn't like pull me to it and i think i played it in someone's like dorm room or whatever like just a little bit yeah but like i feel like now what those games i guess kind of mean for gaming 
is like a, such a high level that I kind of don't want to go and play them because I don't know if it'll hold up. And like, I'm just like, all right, I'll just leave that alone. Those are great games. I trust you. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like a weird thing. So I'm not ashamed that I haven't played them, but I'm also kind of like, ah, I could play them, but I don't know if it'll hold up well. And that's it's still fairly like, modern, you know? It's kind of like one of those, um, the things that you haven't experienced it, but you can acknowledge its place yeah. in history for what Absolutely. it did. You know? Yeah. So shout out but probably not playing it i don't know Facts. <laughs> so, I, feel, I feel you on that <laughs> the this here is also kind of all grouped into like that same idea but this one's a really fun one as well because it does shine some light on some games that maybe someone hasn't played and including me like i've you know gotten a lot of recommendations from this as well but like is there a game that you wish that everyone would just go play like they just need to do this also favor and play and typically i always say like you can't just say like Halo or you know God of War, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But something that you know hasn't really gotten as much respect as you think it would deserve. So the franchise that I've always been pimping out for the longest time has been the Persona series. Uh, uh-huh. Ever since I played uh, Persona Four on the PS2, uh, it was like over ten years ago at this point. It was always the franchise that I always wanted people to experience because. Uh, for a while, like last generation within like from the mid to the late 2000s going into like the early, well, honestly, up until the past couple of years, JRPGs were kind of in a slump when it came to giving us those, um, like those groundbreaking experiences we, we had on the Super Nintendo and the original PlayStation and the PS2. We weren't getting them to the same degree. Square Enix, who was like the JRPG factory, they were floundering last generation with their games that they had given us so for me when i played something like persona which came from a smaller studio atlas uh not too many people know them but if you knew them you knew they were quality it was like oh my god why isn't anyone else playing these games and it kind of sucked because persona uh 4 came out in 2008 which you know that was after the playstation 3 had launched and you know, it was just kind of hard to recommend a PS2 game to people who are playing Uncharted 2 and Halo yeah. 3. And then they re-released it on the Vita. And then that's another hurdle. How are you going to recommend someone go buy a $300 <laughs> handheld <laughs> to play one game? So it's always been Persona. Like, that that was my, my franchise that I always pimped out to people saying, hey, you need to play this. You're going to love the characters. You're going to love the story. You're going to love everything. And thankfully, you know, with Persona 5 coming out, it finally got that shine with the mainstream because, like, for me, it was a sign of uh, achievement when PlayStation is advertising Persona, like, in their highlight reel of, you know, the best of PlayStation with the likes of, like, God of War and Horizon and things. Like, for me, that was like, all right, you know what? You did good, kid. You did good. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, if I wanted to recommend another series, and I'm trying to do the same right now... It's, of course, another uh, RPG, unfortunately, Um, but it's uh, a really epic RPG franchise called Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, It's available on PlayStation 4, PS3, PC, Vita, Uh, and it's, it's similar to Persona. It scratches that itch where it's a school setting and you have a diverse cast of characters and you, you build relationships with them. Um. I don't want to give too much away about it, but it's part of a grander series called uh, The Legend of Heroes. So Legend of Heroes is the overall series name, and then Trails of Cold Steel is like one of the sub-series. And it's, it's, it's part of a series of games that have been going on for like the past 10 years, 
and it it leads up into basically an MCU style of storytelling with the games. Like when they release uh, Trails of Cold Steel Four, that's the culmination of the past ten years of games from like the PSP to the you know the the PS3, PS4, and PC. And there's like a lot of games that we didn't even get localized here that we had to um, have fans translate online. So that's the series I'm trying to get people into. But the problem again that comes up is Trails of Cold Steel. The series that exists now, which is the most accessible for people to play, uh-huh. is literally like jumping into the MCU on Phase 3. <laughs> so right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like you can play and enjoy the first game for what it is. But when you start getting later on, they start, uh, you know, just putting together all the pieces and all the characters start coming in, you know, like things that would be genuine surprises. Like, oh, my God, that character showed up. What are they doing there? And. You know, like everything just culminates into Trails of Cold Steel 4 and it just sucks. So my goal is to get people to play it. But at the same time, I have to inform them that, hey, listen, you know, you you might need to play a few of the games on PC first because there's a lot of stuff that leads up into it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so that's on. Is that on current like PlayStation 4 now? Uh, yes, yeah, so Trails of Cold Steel 1, 2, 3, and the fourth one, well, we got a localization confirmation not too long ago. Um, those are all on PlayStation 4 and PC as well. Uh, but there are a couple of other games in the series that came before it that are, were only on the PSP and on the uh, the PC as well. So if you have a gaming PC and you don't really need a strong, a strong one to run these games, um, I would recommend downloading them uh, via Steam. And you can play them there because that's like the the, the complete experience. That's right. <laughs> PC coming in for the win right there. <laughs> that's the that's, true backwards compatibility. Right. That's what I was just gonna say. Like that's why you have to have pretty much everything to catch up with the catalog for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So I think we have like a good grasp of what type of gamer you are. It's definitely shining through. Make no doubts about it. You're you're JR, J. I can't even speak right now. JRPG <laughs> fan, uh, definitely for sure. Um, and you typically will stay away from an Assassin's Creed if it's really bloated. So I get you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I did. I did love um, the earlier games. I love Syndicate. That was great. But uh, on some level, like I can only play those games once every two years. Like when they used to release them biannually, which honestly was only the first and second game. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. But then when they started like I mean, nothing against Brotherhood and Revelations, they were great games. But when they started coming out annually, I just I lost I lost track, man. I <laughs> like, couldn't I do it. I can't do this. I just did this last year. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Whoa. So I like to take this part of the show then because that was really just leading into this overarching question here. Um knowing the type of game you are, we have to understand that first before we can understand why you play video games. So, Neo, I asked the question, why do you play video games? I play video games because I love to appreciate what is possible in the medium for the same reason that I read books and the same reason I watch TV shows and movies, I play games. But it goes even deeper than that because I feel as if gaming is able to bring together all of those mediums together so as we see right now with these consoles pumping out 4k visuals and 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 crazy cinematics that are lifelike you're able to get that cinematic type of quality and 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 with the intense range of performances from voice actors it's like you're watching a movie and the, the presentation has been on point and 
not only just from like a graphical and technical side of things, I love just seeing where the medium is going and pushing the boundaries of things that when we were younger, we just assumed were the norm. Like take, for example, load screens. We always just assume, yeah, load screens, whenever I open a door, there's gonna be a load screen or something to transition to an area. Now they're talking about games with no load screens whatsoever and just fully living, breathing worlds with every, like every NPC is unique as opposed to just um, like copy and paste and things like that. So I just love seeing where gaming is going from a technical medium. It just keeps pushing things forward as opposed to other mediums, which have not necessarily hit their peak, but you kind of know what you're getting into. So I love it for that. In addition, something that has really um, come to the forefront in the past decade, I just love how many amazing people have come into my life through gaming. Like we, we all know growing up, you know, you play games with your friends and your cousins and stuff. But now when you take away the barrier of entry being location, you come across so many people that like there's people who I play games with now that are lifelong friends. These are people I'm going to invite to my wedding. Like there are these people that I played like Call of Duty uh, zombies with like a 16 year old me until 5 a.m. in the morning you know like these are like these experiences just a lot of fun and and everything attached to it and it's something that we see it appreciated in the mainstream but uh, i don't think it's really gotten its um its dues yet because we we had to deal with the stigma of gaming like oh if you play games you're you're a nerd and you're not you don't contribute to society and all this this stupid dumb crap that happens um but i just like just seeing all the amazing things that the gaming community has done from um, just like helping out each other like like I just saw a post about someone who um, you know who they played World of Warcraft with for years and that person ended up passing away and they had like a whole vigil for that person Wow! and it's just like that's only the tip of the iceberg of things that people do like this stuff is legit like gaming is that escape for people who just whether they're playing games for fun or to escape from something in the world it just does so much for individuals and just so much to foster creativity whether you're a writer or you're a programmer or you're a voice actor like there's just so much creativity and ingenuity that comes from this medium that it's honestly just like how couldn't you be a fan of something <laughs> like this you know what i'm saying i agree after what you just said i'm like how could you not be a fan of video games <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's just it's honestly you know to wrap up the whole spiel it's just done so much for me there's so many experiences i've played so much enjoyment i've shed tears of joy uh laughter and then just legit tears of pain just seeing what characters go through and you know it's just i i don't think there's ever a medium that i've experienced that can even come close to scratching the surface of what as what gaming has done for me you know right uh like the idea of this show legit just came from a thought like huh i'm not doing rogue agents for a little little while what could i do like, what's something that I could do? Like, I just want to do a podcast. And I thought, hey, I'll just interview friends and figure out, like, what they do, like, why they like gaming. But now, like, I really kind of hope, and this is, like, on a, you know, big, big grandstand stand of thing for me to say. But I hope people, like, listen to this and, like, listen to your, your story and just listen to other people. Not just why you play video games, but who you are and just knowing that there's so many great people in, like, the gaming community. And gamers aren't you know the the assholes on twitter or you know what i mean like the people on youtube comments that's not necessarily gamers i mean it's a subset but it's not like true gamers and like your answer to why you play video games and like the story you just gave was 100 percent what i want people to see as like there's great people that play video games majority of them are great 
majority. Yep. <laughs> and the, like I said, the majority of us, we just we keep to ourselves. Gamers, yeah. like I don't know um, if you've been to any uh, like conventions, like gaming conventions, stuff like that. Have you? Just like small stuff around here, but I haven't. I'm in Ohio, so mm-hmm. West Coast, a little bit far. But right. <laughs> yeah. oh, my boy, he lives up in uh, Cleveland. Oh, okay. I'm in like Akron Can area, so that's like really. Oh, close. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like when he throws things, like I don't know where they are, but if you just tell me the vicinity, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I normally but, just say around LeBron. You know, a lot of people understand LeBron, got you. Akron. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so the the reason why I mentioned that was because if you go to any of these conventions, like gaming, anime, things like that, nerds are some of the coolest people you'll ever run into. Like all these conventions have raves and just people having fun and you know like uh, there's some stuff that gets a little you know (laughs) r-rated we're not gonna discuss but um, that's any community (laughs) yeah you know exactly and people have a lot of fun it's just a dope spot i mean i remember something like um i'll I'll share a little bit of this story but when i went to e3 a few years ago yo they straight up had a a, an after party free after party for everybody open bar you know and there was just a bunch of like people journalists fans developers we were all Hey man, just straight up, we were all it. getting turned. We were getting turned yeah. shots. Like I was turning up with Naughty Dog developers. That's with, cool. Uh, with um Activision developers, it man, it's fun. Like long live gaming, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean that is a perfect segue into this last question here. Do you ever see yourself not playing video games? No, I don't see that ever happening. I mean, there there might be periods in time where I don't game as much, which I've I've kind of accepted. There are periods of time where yeah. I just don't watch a lot of TV shows and and movies. And like I said last year, I didn't really do a lot of um, PlayStation Four gaming. But I'm always going to be playing something. It, it might only be me completing a game a month or so, or maybe I just get invested in an MMO and that's the only game I play. Um, but I'm always going to be gaming because there's just too much cool stuff coming out and i'm not gonna i know a lot of people are like oh you know my my wife or my husband doesn't want me playing games and i'm just like yo you, you gotta re-examine like, you gotta fix that if, fix that if someone if someone's telling you not to do something that's enjoyment on your time uh-huh. yeah it's no one's gonna tell you not to read a book so you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why would you like, accept that i'm staying i'm staying my ass in the house i'm staying out of trouble and the bills is paid that's, that's all that it. matters <laughs> can't the lights can't get shut off because then my game won't work so exactly <laughs> i'm getting the bills paid <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well man um do you have anything that you'd like to just shout out or plug or just you know whatever you got going on new or whatnot i'm just gonna let you Pimp yeah, your stuff. of course. <laughs> so as far as um, pimping my stuff out, I mean, my handle is uh, NeoGameSpark. You can find me on Twitter at, at NeoGameSpark. That's my YouTube account as well. And then you can find all the subsequent links that go on. I mean, if you're someone who just likes a, a really chill dude who does a lot of uh, discussions and live streams and, and Q&As and, and, and things like that, then, yeah, come on through. Uh, we can talk about some stuff. And that's one thing I'm really big on. I'm big about... Um, just being chill and real with one another. Um, I, I, I'm not necessarily saying I don't get into doing like negativity stuff, like bad news or whatever, but um, I'm just one thing I really want to preach out to people more than anything is just um, the realness and less of all this fake drama stuff back and forth and backstabbing that you see going around in some communities. Um, I'm not like that. Like for me, what you see is what you get. So if you see me acting a certain way online, <laughs> this is how I act in the real and, and nothing about me changes. I don't have to fake anything for that. But um, 
I really do appreciate like you inviting me onto the show. Seriously, Absolutely, it's, man. it's great. Like I think you've got a great thing going on. You're a good conversationalist, and just playing off each other has been awesome. And uh, I mean, I'm just happy in general. You know, not not just from a gamer side of things, but just to see another brother thriving yeah, in the space. You know, we're, we're, we're all we got it sometimes, but, you know, we got to bring each other up and not pull each other down. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, just just this quick thing on that. It like we were talking earlier, it was a horrible and like terrifying thing. But obviously, like, you know, Minneapolis, everything that I feel like has brought so much positivity for like people of color in the gaming scope that people maybe didn't realize that they were overlooking people or whatnot. And I just, I'm just happy that that's, you know, that's being there. I'm seeing a lot more people of color being highlighted on like the IGNs and whatnot. I just hope that that doesn't die down. You know what I mean? I hope that continues. Cause that's, that's something really great to see as a person who's been following gaming his entire life, you know? But definitely, definitely. <laughs> just hit, hit you with the gut check before you in in the podcast. But now, man, Neo, I know why you're a gamer. We know why you're a gamer. So until the next time, guys, in the immortal words of Little Flip, game over. <laughs>